This episode is brought to you by Healing Green Farms. CBD made for you. Get safe, pure CBD products handmade by local experts to fit your needs. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Record the intro for a reason so we don't have to do this every time. No, there's, there's music. Sarah, it's for Sarah it. that she likes. All right, I do. It. Go ahead. Okay, welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Sarah Madras, and I am Jenny Midgley. And this is the show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. Coming and in today, hot today. We are in coming the in studio, hot. We've got no one. Oh. There was a calendar mix-up, and we're waiting for them to log on virtually, virtually. Mm-hmm. as happen. our plan B. And because we are so compassionate and understanding, we are granting generosity because we know shit happens. Right. Absolutely. So now we're just going to buy time until yep. they log in. Because well, I was really excited about this episode. I know. So let me, So the guy that's coming in virtual, that's going to be featured as the guest for this show, his name is Drew Barker. He's a pastor. And this is, I was invited on his show. He has a, a podcast with Joe. He's a preacher man. Yeah. Uh, son of a preacher yeah, man. He is the son of a preacher man. His, his, dad, was his dad was a pastor. That's why I was like, and now I'm going to be singing this uh, Dusty Springfield channeling. Okay. And so I was on his, he has a show with Joe called Hope After Hurt. That's about reconciling from the trauma that people experience in the church. Yeah. So the whole thing, what they did, the, they watched this uh, documentary from the Discovery Channel called Hillsong Exposed. Hillsong Exposed. Name. Yeah. And so I had... For an alternate perspective, I was invited on as the token Jew to come and comment. On. That's the name of the episode. Yeah. The token Jew. <laughs> yes. They were like, first of all, neither of them could say Jew because they thought it was like, they, they were It gonna, feels wrong. It feels wrong. The, I was talking about that it was my Jewness that was like, right. and, but it, anyway. It so, does feel wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same way we I don't still say have a hard word. time with black because it used to be African American right. and now we're supposed to say black. Right. And not that it's offensive, but it feels wrong me saying it. See, that's my point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't have a problem with the word Jew. It just feels wrong coming out of my mouth. Right. Right. No, totally. To you. Right. No, look, I get it. Right. It's the same. We don't say the N word. We don't say the K word. There's a lot of words that we don't say that maybe were acceptable at some point as a word. Cracker. Not that word. It's misspelled, but. Not that word. (laughs) What word? Kike. Oh, I did. My brain did not even go there. Yeah. I don't even um, know that one. I was like, people still say that. What? <laughs> I Who mean, does that? we we I was are... my brain. I was like, Korean. <laughs> yeah, I didn't oh no. no. So anyway, so there's a lot of words that we don't say anymore. That's this episode. All the words we don't say. We're going to list them in order of severity. And, and don't um, ever use them ever again. And, but anyway, so I had to watch this documentary, which I was very, I was really unhappy about it afterwards. I was like, this is the. It's three hours long. It was We're three hours long. This, and it was, it's called Hillsong Exposed. And it was, I literally felt like I needed to take many showers after. I just felt icky. And like the insidiousness and the manipulation and the indoctrination and how the pedophiles would just stand up and be like, I'm an, I beg your forgiveness. This And they're given literally a performance improvement plan on how they can get back into the church. And I can't stop. I, right. And I'm like, I can't. No, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I, and so we had a really open and frank discussion about my experience having grown up as active in a synagogue and 
and the differences and the similarities. And so I think that there's a lot to be said for that. So yeah. So I was on Drew's show. And, and it shows primarily about, okay, so if you are working at a church, how do we stop this stuff? What do we learn from it? How do we become yeah. better leaders? Mm-hmm. Because it's happening so much where it's, it's a pattern now. Mm-hmm. Not that it never happened before, but it seems like it's every couple minutes in the news, some church did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so much of it seems preventable. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what his, his show is primarily Well, because it's pervasive on. in the culture because anything that is not checked and has consequences becomes pervasive. It is allowed. Yeah. It's the same. And, and you can do this from like a micro level, like a relationship that you have another person. Mm-hmm. If you tolerate, if you allow something Correct. to happen, then you are teaching them, the other person, how to respond to you, how to relate to you, how to treat mm-hmm. you. And it just, it you can make that grow outwards into the macro levels where it becomes more than a pattern. It just becomes an acceptable, and then it becomes cultural, and Mm -hmm. then it becomes... But that's how the evolution of humans, right, on this planet went from... I think the big story, yeah, is that power corrupts. That's what it boils down to. You probably have these churches that all start with, like, great intentions, and then all of a sudden it's not $100,000 coming in that can cover your salaries and electric bill. It's $20 coming in. And then the scale starts to slide. Mm -hmm. And you just... That's what we see happen and over again the churches seem to uh, run away from accountability like mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense if you're just thinking logically I can do whatever as long as I ask for forgiveness afterwards and then you'll pray over me or just mm-hmm. not even tell you is what I think the bigger problem is because nothing is is there's no transparency yeah like when you Drew brought it up on his talking about when you buy tacos you get a receipt I know I bought three tacos that's what's on my receipt yeah. mm-hmm. but you give it to church and the answer is trust leadership like it's fine Right. Yep. Don't worry about it. Uh, no checks and balances. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'll just keep talking about other stuff Drew said. We don't need to let right. him in. We'll just. <laughs> I'll be Drew's. It's gonna be great when he listens back to this. <laughs> yes. Hey. Oh, and he's young. I'm so. I'm so sorry. No, you're, <laughs> I'm just so sorry. This is like totally. My brain's gonna have to catch up because. Oh, she's sorry. I said he, in my head. You were gonna be Colonel Sanders I from the did. KFC I was ad. Like he's gonna be an old white guy. <laughs> but I said, what? I told her that you know. I, I thought that. Five minutes ago, I said he's forgiven. He has a two and a four-year-old. Did you not catch yeah. that when I said that? Brain, that wasn't it, I but I might church, need to use them. I heard church, pastors, leadership, and I, my brain, my own biases. Yeah. I'm claiming yeah, my sure. shit right now. My own biases. I mean, he is a white man, but he's not old. <laughs> And I was like, when he, to me, that's not a white man. Joe is a white man. He is tan. <laughs> I think it's lighting. He's got good lighting. He's as white as Joe. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. No, no way. Come on, I'm not as white as Joe. I'm right Come here. On. <laughs> Come on, Joe. Be honest. I'm actively honest. afraid of the right. sun. But we like, were, yeah. I will, I will address my own biases on that and explore it. Thank you for checking your no, uh, bias and privilege right there. Yes. What's yes. funny about you guys saying the... Uh, old man thing and I'm getting feedback so that's probably me I'm sure but yesterday I picked up my daughter from school and when I walked in the one of the kids there was like you're an old man (laughs) and my daughter stepped right in between me and that little boy and was like no he's not he still has all of his hair I I'm love like, well, her. that's what we're going that's amazing. on. Yeah. I would love for, I would love for her to meet Scott and be like, and then meet me. And she'd be like, wait, <laughs> you're the wife, not the daughter? Like, what? <laughs> yes. We're starting to get to that stage because my husband looks like yeah. Grizzly Adams. 
Oh, so, so funny. I um, love her though. And yeah. I love the fact that she stepped in between. She was like, let me do oh, me too. Right. Up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Step off. She's an absolute confident, just crazy little four-year-old. I love mm. it. I yeah. love mm. it. She knows how to express herself. Before the world robs it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Debbie Downer. Wow. Like, I mean, I'm right. speaking so, truth Thank you here. for that. Well, thank well, you for reminding me. packing <laughs> holes into it. Let's well, we were. <laughs> I'm prepping you, Drew, for what is to come. So I, I, my, our apologies for in our oh prep gosh. for this episode. We took away all of Sarah's hope for the future, <laughs> and okay. they did. They yeah. traumatized me. Gosh. We were explaining about the Hillsong documentary, and, and they're like, "Watch oh, it!" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, so re-traumatize myself for three and a half hours? That sounds like a fun like, time. Yeah. Let's do that." <laughs> what the hell? It was Y'all are yeah. crazy. It was, yeah, that was crazy. So anyway, we don't have to do that. We don't have to traumatize Sarah. I was traumatized enough for the both of us. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so Drew. Start with the tell us about yourself. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm like, now I'm totally, I need redirection. Because I, needed we've been to, recording. I needed to produce there for a second. <laughs> we were going to just jump right into something else. We were else. just recording. And so I have no frame of reference. So Drew, so, I'm super excited right. about this show. Shut up I've now. worked with yeah. many clients who this is something that they have had to heal and deal with in the wounds of the church. And so yeah. I'm really excited about your podcast that I can share with them and about Thanks. this episode specifically, because I would love it. I would love to share it with them so that they can find value and healing from our interaction too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Me too. I hope for that too. Yeah. So please tell our listeners about yourself. My name's Drew Barker. I grew up a pastor's kid. Let's see. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, been married for nine years and currently uh, serving in a church in Garner, North Carolina, and spent my entire life in ministry in one way or another. Growing up a pastor's kid, then walked away from the church for a little bit, then came back into it, and now have over a decade of ministry experience stretching from campus pastor to lead pastor to worship minister, guest experience all across the area there. And my passion is leadership. And not just like being in leadership, like I like being a leader, but the passion for the next generation to be a better version of leaders than we currently have. What does leadership mean and look like to you? But service. So I, I think we get the status and the title messed up a little bit, but I don't look at leadership as necessarily this guy who's just making all the decisions and leading, doing all this stuff, but Really, leadership is someone that's willing to empathize with you and serve you and is willing to help you discover something new on your own. So what are what have been some of the experiences that you've had throughout your church involvement that led you down this path to want to create the changes and tell people about the changes you're wanting to create? That's a great question. Sadly, I think the emotion a lot of times has been frustration and that's just been through, unfortunately, some things that I've witnessed, some things that I've experienced. I've been led by a lot of great leaders. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I have some great influencers and great uh, mentors in my life, but unfortunately I've experienced some really terrible things. And I've seen toxic masculinity. I've seen a lack of empathy. I've seen the 
unfortunate circumstances we have even right now in our churches where we're seeing young children being molested. We're seeing leaders that can't get their house right and get their family right and get their marriage, but continue to lead anyways. And all of that has led to frustration and hurt, but over time has developed into a renewed passion and hope for what I think and I pray and I hope we can accomplish, which is just us getting better. I just have such a a passion for leadership and I know that I'm so flawed in how I even try to lead, but I think we've got to stop teaching that either you're a good leader or a bad leader or that a, a leader is a title or where you're positioned in the organization. And I think we need to start understanding that this is something that can be learned. This is, this is a focus. This is a want to get better. And I think if we can just change the narrative around leadership, we can start seeing some better experiences for people. So in the churches, when you were seeing these experiences or when you were hearing about it and learning about Mm -hmm. it, not necessarily you, but what is typical within those cultures of how that is responded to? Yeah, unfortunately, it's usually responded to with silence. And in my opinion, that's really breaking us. And I say us, not just in my field of ministry, but I think that's breaking us as like a society. Mm -hmm. We like to be really loud about things that are fun to be loud about and that we have a backing on and that are acceptable. And then when it comes time to call out somebody or when it comes time to not cancel culture, but like actually call out the wrong and then say, how can we help them improve and get better? Like for them, we stay quiet and I don't get it. And mm-hmm. and it's almost like we've hidden behind this, do what's best for the organization, do what's best for the church, do what's best for like the optics. and And that kills me. Because number one, from my morals and values, that's not biblical. And number two, you're not doing what's best for that person or the organization. Because the best thing you can do is just admit you're human and you made a mistake and then figure out how you can grow from it. What I hear you saying is the lack of accountability, that there is some what I'm curious to know is where do you think that came from that the pocket of religion somehow gets to skirt and gets to they're cloaked from accountability and transparency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, and I don't want to make it like sound like a blanket statement. This is every church everywhere. And I know you're not either. There are some good ones out there, but I think it's a combination of what you just mentioned. How do we get to a lack of accountability? There's pride in that. There's narcissism in that. There's ego in that. And then if you look at what top leaders of churches are asked to do, and even top leaders of organizations, there's a certain kind of personality, a certain kind of confidence, I guess you would even say, that has to come along with that. I look at myself, I'll use myself as an example. Most people, when they meet me for the first time, go one of two ways, (laughs) okay? Or at least I've been told. Someone either likes me and, and I come across confident and that's great 
other people think that I've gone like overboard and I'm arrogant. Mm -hmm. Okay. Doesn't that speak and, more to their insecurities than mm -hmm, your mm -hmm. actual? Yeah, I think it does. But when you've called something enough, you have to go. Do I <laughs> the need to dial person might have some point right. here? But, right. but I yeah. still like. I you think know? it goes back to. I think it goes deeper than that, right? Because we are taught that confidence equates arrogance, and and we are taught oh, yeah. these things like way early on. And so instead of looking as at confidence as a strength, as a culture. Sure. We're told that we shouldn't, we can't be, we can't be bragging. We can't be proud of our accomplishments. We can't be celebrating because we might hurt sure. somebody else. This is the same, give every fucking kid a trophy on the field. Like that same yeah. kind of concept that, that confidence then does become arrogance in the eyes of people who are told that they shouldn't have confidence. That's all I was saying. Yeah. yeah and you're right. Like we have to be humble. We have to be like just draped in humility. And, and the, the problem with that is even if you go too far down that rabbit trail and start trying to cloak yourself in humility over and over, then that almost becomes like an ego booster because you just Correct. are seeking. you're a martyr all the time. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's important to me to give language and definitions to things so that people can verbalize and understand that those aren't the identities. And so there is, I, and I just had this conversation with a leader this week and he was like, yeah, we have these amazing skills now, but it's, we can't say it or right. be proud of it. And he's like, we want to be humble and we don't. And I was like, sure. let me just stop you right. right there. I was like, listen, the only thing, like the only, the, the thing that tips over into arrogance and a lack of humility is the lack of gratitude. And, and I a said, lack of empathy. I said, yeah. so you having gratitude and being grateful and you wanting to share these skills with other people because you're wanting to then benefit and them to have it so that they can experience what you're experiencing. I was like, that has nothing to do with arrogance. Right. I said, arrogance is a lack of gratitude and it's thinking that you are better than other people. Correct. I said, confidence yeah. has nothing to do with any of that. And owning your skills, owning your strengths owning and and being grateful for it to then want to pass it on to other people i said so like you don't have to worry about that you can throw that limiting belief out the door of i can't own my skills mm -hmm. and i we as a team can't own it because we want to be humble right absolutely hum yeah absolutely. Humble the second you say you're freaking grateful to, yep. for the damn skills <laughs> you have no, yeah, it is. And, 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 and I think that speaks to a larger, again, because you are, you're like, you highlighted it, right? Like you're taught in the, in, in the church that humility is greater than like, it's better to be humble sure. than it is yeah. to, to be proud. So mm -hmm. of course you're going to, sorry, Drew, we're psychoanalyzing you for a minute. Like, of course you're going to no, think that people telling you that you're arrogant is actually true when it's just their issue of sure. perceiving that confidence and that quality because they're forgetting that empathy and gratitude disallow for arrogance in in and because they don't know and it could be a willful ignorance and it could be just a lack of awareness and a lack of knowledge but i think it's really important to rec to recognize right and if you can accept that you're going to be perceived how you're going to be perceived through their lenses right because perception is 99 percent of my reality as it is your reality sure. looking at it through that lens that we all have to own that we are who we are mm -hmm. and we can be proud of what we've done to get there and the skill sets that we've worked on and that we've honed. Because I think that it, the leadership conversation goes down to that we don't talk about strengths early enough with, with young people and even with young adults and saying, look, not just you're not going to be good at everything, but mm -hmm. let's look and see where you really are going to shine. 
I like yeah. that you use the word strength because I think, like to Sarah's question, why does this happen so much in the church? I think one, I've worked in churches for almost two decades. And most pastors that you see are great. If they took the strength test, they're going to high score. They're going to score high in woo. Yep. Which is means they're winsome, which means if they screw up, people want to forgive them. They yep. got a super forgivable face. Yep. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's not a bad thing to have woo, but I think it, in today's day and age, because of all the things that are going on in the news and churches screwing up, where it's perceived as, oh, that person's slimy. Yeah. It doesn't mean they are, but they, they have that ability. Yeah. Well, and using the same logic you guys just used for like me sitting there and going, oh, I put off some kind of vibe that might make me look like I'm arrogant. So if we carry that through to a successful pastor, right, if someone listens too much to the negative, then they can start to adjust who they are yep. based on that tone. Okay. So let's use that same logic. If someone's crushing it, if someone's just every Sunday, they're wowing people and the church is growing and it's thriving and all this. And all you're hearing is all the good stuff. You've got yes men around you because you don't yep. have accountability mm-hmm. and everyone's just singing your praises because look at the money coming in and look at the impact and look at what God's doing. Then what ends up happening is we start feeding into that. Mm-hmm. And we start feeding into ourselves. And that's where I believe the the narcissism and the yes. pride. And building and all, that's where yes. that. All, yeah. So yes. it's really and important the- with whatever you decide to lead and however you're wired. It's really important for yes. You got to know your strengths. You need to surround yourself with people that cover your weaknesses. That's and why then, yep. accountability is part of the skill set of leadership. <laughs> yes. 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 Absolutely. What you just said it there was one thing you just said in there about God's favor. And I was like, oh shit, that is such a big one. Because then people are like, I want to be around that person because God's favoring them. And then some of that magic is going to sprinkle off and fall onto me and then God Mm. will favor me. What a daring and successful and courageous leader is doing is standing on the stage and saying, I have no favor from God that you don't already freaking have. That's what they're standing on the stage saying. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. saying, look at all of my favor that God has bestowed upon me. Be like me. Yeah. No, they're saying, I have the exact same amount of favor from God that you do. Yep. Because God loves each of us the same right. unconditionally and does not place fa- more favor on me than they than he or she does onto you. Yeah, and- yeah, it's important for the majority of your language to point to Christ and not to yourself mm-hmm. when, when in that kind of position. And I think it's, I, I want to go back to what you were saying about the two equally potentially harmful sides of that coin. If you're surrounded by all the negative, you start to embody that and you surround and then, and the opposite of boosting the ego and looking at the money coming, look at the impact. I think what ends up happening right in those types of situations is that the actual definition of the impact changes. And so instead of being like, Oh, we're going to make sure that the kids aren't hungry is, oh, we're going to go start, or, oh, the music makes people happy. So instead of doing free concerts, we're going to start charging so that we can create more of an impact, quote unquote, impact in our community. And then we end up creating like a multi-million dollar Mm -hmm. music production company, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like hundreds Mm -hmm. of millions of dollars. And and I think that then, but then that's what shifts, right? Because if we look at it like, we can go back thousands of years looking at the over a thousand years looking at how when the Church of England split from the Catholic Church and then all of the 
rights that were granted to the Church of England because everything was because the monarchy was anointed through God and all that stuff. And looking like that's where a lot of this kind of the church is above everything and everyone started and came from. Because it's closest to God. And so and that that people should have just been happy because their tithings were going to the church or they're like all of these things. And and in my head, it's so backwards. <laughs> like I can't, and I can't even relate to that. And, mm-hmm. and Drew and I talked about this when I was on his show. I, I don't have a filter for that. I don't have an understanding how you can think that it's okay to give 10% of your earnings away to a church who you don't know how they're using it mm-hmm. versus because there's no accountability and there's no transparency right. versus you choosing to give 10% of your income away to a specific charity who is who has good leadership and who has transparency and accountability and all this it just it's mind-boggling to me we would like to thank our sponsor healing green farms and they grow cbd let me tell you cbd has been giving me the best sleep for like the last two and a half three years I wake up feeling rested instead of having crazy dreams and basically working out all my crap and my dreams. (laughs) It's a nice, quiet sleep. It's a nice, quiet, restful sleep thanks to CBD. Fantastic. Yeah. And Healing Green Farms is a local farm. Uh, Actually, it's been a generational family farm and they grow the cannabis plants in their, the hemp plants. It's actually hemp. Uh, They grow those in a greenhouse. And the stuff that they produce is actually seed to bottle. So it's locally grown, farmed. They bring it to a local lab to do the thing that makes it go from like plant to the product that then gets created into the oils and salves and tinctures and all the things, which is a really cool thing. So if you're local to North Carolina, you can actually go visit them at the Highway 42 Market in Willow Springs, North Carolina. Um, If you are not local to this area, you can find them online at healinggreenfarms.com where you can find actually products for your pets. We give Ruby CBD. Like that's one of our things for for poor Miss Ruby Sue when we Mm -hmm. have to go. (laughs) She needed some help for a little while. Yeah, the pet CBD is awesome. So visit healinggreenfarms.com, healinggreenfarms.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and you can also visit the Highway 42 market in person and see what's happening at the market on um, Facebook and Instagram as well. They have a bunch of vendors that they bring in. They like to support other local small businesses. They have fresh produce. And we are grateful to them. So thanks to our sponsors, Healing Green Farms. I want to follow up with Drew on the secrecy. And sure. so then for you, as a leader who's been in these churches... Yeah. When you hear or bear witness to what gives one, how have you reacted? I'm assuming that you have walked the walk and are like speaking up. And then how do you have the courage to hold people accountable and make it not so secret anymore? Yeah. So you asked, how does it make me feel? And then how do I react to it? It honestly and truly breaks my heart. And even this past week, there was a church, I think it was in Illinois, pastor got up on stage, basically <laughs> alive. Before Sarah you got in, on the yeah, show, I was Sarah telling was talking Joe about this. this. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Joe, this fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. it, was like, it went from like, I was an adulterer to I was a statutory rapist in a oh, matter yeah. of- Look, Sorry, Joe, go into the story. The listeners do not know the story. Sorry, yeah. You're good. Sorry. So this pastor comes up says uh, a version 
of what happened basically says I cheated on my wife. It happened one time. I want the congregation to forgive me. And yeah, I'm a broke and does the look good communicators can spin anything. And yes. I'm one of them. Okay. So you just yep. got to be careful. And so he does the whole, I'm a broken man trying to lead broken people, which is complete just BS. I've heard four leaders literally say that exact same thing, which is amazing. Broken man and trying to lead trying broken to lead people. broken people. So it's people. really I'm the same as you, and you are there at risk of doing. You do suck it. too. You suck too, yeah. and you're just well, and it's at just, risk for being a, it's just a, a fucking really, pedophile adulterer than I am. Yeah, it's really just a jacked Sorry. up way <laughs> to try and keep your job, right? Yeah, and well, gaslight people. And it's gaslighting. Sure, yeah, it's 100. Sure. So he stands up there, says a version of the truth, and then a wonderful thing happens. Now. I don't really care how it was handled because if that was my daughter, I'd want her to do it too. But she stands up and says, if you love me, you'll listen. And everyone went, what? Who's this? What is she doing? And she starts talking about what this man did with her at age 16 and talked about how she wore a promise ring on her finger while her pastor, who she trusted, violated her body. And when I hear that as a father, as a pastor, as a Christian, it, as a human, it, it yeah. floors me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it makes me genuinely hurt. So that's how I feel when I hear, when I witness, when I see it, when I experience it myself, how I respond, I try to make sure I respond biblically, which means I go directly to that person first. And I try to make sure that my integrity is always intact. Sometimes that looks like me going and having a meeting with someone, finding out nothing's going to change. And over time, I find a way to move myself out. Other times, that means I have a meeting with a person. It goes a certain way. And my next meeting is with them and the elder board that holds them accountable. And then my next meeting is with them, the elder board and some staff members. And I try to do what I can to hold a biblical precedent for how this needs to be handled. Other times it means losing your job. It means going, hey, you've left the situation I just walked away from was, hey, you're not living with your wife. You haven't been living with your wife and have been separated for more than a year. You're lying to your congregation about that situation. You're lying to your staff about that situation. And I don't know the truth, so I can't stand up with a microphone and say, hey, if you love me, you'll listen. I just know that I'm not hearing the truth. And so I've gone to you once, I've gone to you twice, and I've gone to you a third time with the elders and nothing changes because things are still going great. So I'm going to walk away. I'm going to leave. And I'm going to make sure when I leave and people say, why are you leaving? That I help them understand that it's because I can't invite anyone in on this. Because this is not a biblical representation of the church. This is not a biblical standard of leadership. And there's, there's too much cover up and secrecy going on. And so I'm walking away so that I can keep my integrity because I can't look myself in the mirror every night or every morning if I'm inviting people in on this to serve and to give and to believe this 
kind of leader. A lie. To believe mm-hmm. a lie. Yeah. And not, I don't want to uh, imply or anything like that. But You're fine. what I heard was that it's handled from a biblical place. In that, in certain situations, I'm like, okay, it's all fine and good. But when it's a criminal thing, it needs to be handled in a criminal. Sure. And I've been fortunate in the stance that everything that has happened in in my experience, and when I say experience, like not just what I've heard, but like literally what I know and what I've witnessed, I haven't had to go through anything criminal. Mm-hmm. Um but that but wouldn't yes, not line up with the Bible. One hundred. That wouldn't not line up the, with the, the Bible. The Bible says to follow the law of the right. lands. But I'm exactly. saying instead of just handling it in a biblical way, because that's the problem. Both, everything I think, in that situation. Handled, no, yeah. Both, everything no, is yeah. handled within the elders and within the confines of mm. that organization and institution. That's where the cover-up comes from. Correct. Yeah. And that's what I have an issue with, is it takes courageous people to be like, this is not okay, right. and it needs to be taken outside of the confines of this organization. And I also want to bring up, Yes, I want to talk because I don't want to just talk about criminal and molestation because I believe that the manipulation, the gaslighting and the psychological warfare that that specifically when I'm talking, thinking of my client, that's what happened. It wasn't physical. It wasn't criminal, but it was psychological. It was gaslighting. It was manipulation. It was the slow. It, it was emotional ab- abuse. It's the slow stripping away mm-hmm. of who you are as a person, your worth, yeah. your truth, Which goes back to the reality. gaslighting, the lack of transparency, Correct. the lack of accountability. That you know. And so to me, that's even more harmful, right? Because it's like in emotionally abusive relationships, it's the mind fuck. If they hit you in the face, that feels real clear cut. Mm-hmm. Good, bad. But when they're mind fucking you, you're going, am I the crazy one? Am I the sinner? Am I the bad one? Am mm-hmm. I the Sure. And you can't make sense of reality because they have warped the reality right. slowly in such a methodical sure. and calculated way. And so even through, some of the people that, that have, yeah, even some of the people that have warped it don't ask. know that they have. <laughs> because so they've been the indoctrinated right? to the same way of thinking. So there are times where. Yes, there is just a bad human being doing bad things. There are, I and I would argue, probably the majority of the time, I have no stat or pie chart to show you that backs me up on this. So this is pure conjecture. But I would think and hope and, and probably stand by this, maybe, possibly, we'll see, that the majority of time that somebody is just doing bad things in a church standpoint, again, from the mind standpoint, like probably thinks that's the right way to do it or that's the way they were taught or they have interpreted something in like leadership or they were just at a Tony Robbins event and they think that this is it and they are just doing the best they can. And it turns out they're really bad at it. Yeah, we talk a lot, or you've talked a lot on your podcast about the doing what's best for the organization. And what what unfortunately happens is you shield the person from the consequences. So nobody who was offended gets to heal. The person who did the offense doesn't get to heal. And it just continues. It's like the worst way to handle it. It just drags it out. If if nobody's calling you on your mistakes, you have no freaking idea that you're doing it. So you just keep. But you mentioned in that regard that video earlier and you said then they gathered around him after and put his hands on him. Like, I hope right after that, the cops showed up. Right. 
I would hope so. And the, they were lovingly like, hey, yeah, we called but the like, cops did because put, what why, you did was illegal. They, right. <laughs> Wait a second, but where were they but, putting their arms around her? Exactly. That was, like, that where was were what they? made me so outraged is y'all, what the f- it's fuck so is fucking backwards. <laughs> like that man needs to go to jail. Yes. And be receive the appropriate punishment for his. Well, here's crime. a whole other conversation that'll really help yeah. rehabilitate you. Yeah, let's send yeah, him so to jail. Well, well, I mean, we, know <laughs> we know what happens in to. In part two, well, we're anyway. just going to dive into the Illinois pastor. I love it. Let's just not like. All right, but so here's my thing. All right, so here's my follow up to this. Right, like, do you call bullshit now in this right. day and age, in 2022? where there is a an abundance of information so this sure. whole like we're not abundance north korea information if you want to see it <laughs> right but we're not yeah. north korea like it's accessible okay sure like kids will see even if you are in, in indoctrinated and in, in part of these communities that that try to limit the information do you call bullshit on these on these ideas that the membership and the association and the participation with the church needs to be put above all else and that there is, there can continue to be that lack of accountability and lack of transparency. In 2022, in, in this day and age, is it now bullshit that this keeps happening? Yeah. And course. can we successfully get the mouthpieces to call out the bullshit? That this, no. that's what this I was is, asking. I was like, Drew, how are you calling out the bullshit? Yeah. Is basically what I was saying. She well, just said it so, much more. <laughs> so, so, how are you calling out the bullshit, why, Drew? Sarah's here to redirect <laughs> to make sure that we're actually creating a show. Joe's here to produce a little bit. And I'm here just to yeah. call out the bullshit. <laughs> so look at this from I'll just use myself as an example. So I'm preaching this Sunday. We're doing a we're doing a sermon on prayer and the importance of prayer and then how do we practice that. Of course, I'm going to address the shootings that have happened in New York and California and Texas over the last couple of weeks and how we need to be praying for our black brothers and sisters, our Asian American brothers and sisters, and the grieving families of the children and the teachers that were killed in Texas. Me standing up on a Sunday morning and doing anything outside of that and taking time to call out somebody, talk about other churches or other pastors or other religions or anything like that, obviously that's not the time and place. And on the flip side, if you're looking for, well, what do you, when can you blow the whistle? When for me, I've been so conflicted in that not blowing the whistle from the standpoint of if someone asks me, I'm certainly not going to lie. Like I'm going to be a man of integrity, but to use my last situation as an example, it's his church. It's his lie. I did what I could while I was there. How much focus am I going to put in my life to try and bring someone down when in all honesty, like you just said, sometimes you try and they still hug and pray over the guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so it's one thing, I think, to stand up on stage and say, if you love me, you'll listen to me or you'll hear me. I think that's a, an appropriate opportunity. It's a whole nother thing to go on social media 
go live and think you're going to change really anything when you've already got a group of people that support the person you're talking to. And then you're really creating so much dissension and you're opening yourself up Mm -hmm. from the standpoint of, have I ever done anything wrong? Well, of course. Have I ever Mm -hmm. sinned? Yeah, of course. Now, is my marriage intact? Sure. Uh, Have I ever done anything that's unspeakable like we've been talking about? No. And we just don't want to get to a point where it becomes so much about blowing the whistle that we also don't mention what we're for and what we're about. So So I think there's a lot of conflicting emotions in that. And I, for me personally, it's just been something that I've tried to pray about. And when I have opportunities to speak truth, I do it. But going after someone and trying to call them out, I also try to remember that this person in in particular has children. And Mm -hmm. they go to school and and they know people. So there's two things I feel called to bring to your awareness. Two mindset shifts that if you're open to feedback, are you open to receiving feedback on this? Always. The word, the mindset, because you use the words, bring somebody down. Mm-hmm. So that means that's the mindset that you have right now. It is not, and I would encourage the shift of it's not bringing somebody down. It is holding someone accountable in a respectful mm. and productive manner. Sure. And so that would help of, hey, I'm not bringing them down. I'm not tearing them down. I'm not going after somebody. Those were the two phrases you used. It's, I am holding somebody accountable in a respectful and productive manner because I believe in my greater why of no longer having the secrecy and silence that continues to breed and that's out of alignment with what the church is preaching and what they're saying. And that's, I just want to pause one second. That is what you did and you still had to walk away because it wasn't received. Correct. In a way that remained in alignment with your integrity. And so you did the productive thing, you did the constructive thing, and you still had to walk away because the support for that person was so strong that they were willing, everybody else was willing to overlook it, but you had to take your stand and say, I'm out. Right. Sorry, go ahead. And I think that you can publicly, whether it's on social media or not, talk about you and your stand when you're not even referencing that other person or bringing, or you're Mm -hmm. saying, I have made the conscious decision to exit this situation because it doesn't align with my values, with my beliefs, because, and I'm speaking up about it because I don't support the secrecy and the silence that cloaks the church. Yes. And that's literally like what you just said. And what, if I were to take what you just said, put it in writing and put it as a tagline underneath my podcast, that's exactly what that is. Mm -hmm. So the goal of us learning from these leaders is this is what was done wrong. Why is this wrong? Now, how can we learn from this and get better so that we don't do that? So for me now, now I will say this, there, there are layers, there are levels. So I want to make sure for your, for your listeners, because I'm, I'm the guest. So I want to make sure for your listeners, there's a clear understanding. What I am, what I want to be clear on is if anyone did what this guy in Illinois did, if there was something to where people were in danger, if there was something to where people were literally like hurting and being held almost like 
against their will kind of thing. And something just that level of despicable and disgusting was happening. Then it would be an entirely different Drew that you would, right, right, you right, know? right, right. So, yeah. like, then it, yeah. then it, then it would be on a We'd Sunday see Tampa morning. Drew come out. Yeah, then it would be like. Oh, he's from Tampa? No, no, I was just <laughs> okay. He's no. from Virginia Beach, but that would that would right. also that, be yeah. equitable. But, Virginia Beach Drew would come out. That's true. But then it <laughs> would be equitable. like, I'm going to grab a mic on a Sunday morning and walk on stage, and I'm going to speak until the cops show up and force me off the stage, because I believe that's your level of loudness should equal the level of whatever, disgusting, I guess you could say. So for me, it's, I want to go about this in a way where I can, again, like you said, speak truth, speak from a place of integrity and experience. And hopefully while I may not be able to change every situation I've ever been in, maybe if I can impact three, five, 10, a hundred leaders that are coming up into those same environments, then maybe I've done my part of trying to correct this behavior. So you're you're aware of it and playing the long game. Like you're looking at it from the perspective because I think that is that's the 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 very integral core of affecting change is and understanding that's that it's not step. yeah. Yeah. That's yes. And I want to yeah. my cuz I want to ask leadership are tangible skills like you said at the beginning, right? Like these are skills that are learned. Sure. And so what are you and what are the congregations that you are part of doing to actually build the leadership skills to make yeah. this positive change? That's great. Number one, we are always 100% honest. So we don't like, we don't tolerate questions. What's the narrative? We don't tolerate questions like, what are we going to tell our congregation We're going to tell them the truth. We're going to tell them exactly what happened the way it happened. So transparency. 100%. We try to be as transparent as we possibly can. And that's from- And that includes financial transparency? Financials, yeah. So if you were to come to our church and you were to, this is one thing we're working on right now. I'm actually really excited about. In our lobby, we're actually going to have a monthly printout that's titled Neighborhoods to Nations. You know how we do at church and pastors, right? Alliteration. Everything has got to be alliterated. That is like the one thing like that makes me very, I love alliteration. (laughs) Yeah. Every time you said the word perspective earlier, I was like purpose, perseverance. (laughs) Like I just start naming. You know, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same um, marketing. It's what marketers do too. We do the same thing. Sure. So what we're doing is putting this sign up that's neighborhoods to nations and it's going to be a monthly printout of our finances. So what we're finding is when first time guests arrive and of course, you know, that the church is all about money. That's something that you hear a lot. And of course we're going to take an offering. So you can even try to justify that if you want, but what you can't argue with is me showing you a sheet that's no, look, this is how much our staff makes. This is how much we brought in last month. And this is how much we gave away. And so if you like this and you want to give here, awesome. And if you don't go to another church where they're going to hide it, mm-hmm. like whatever, I'm, I'm not like, if you feel like our staff gets paid too much, then this isn't the church for you. If you feel like the staff like gets uh, doesn't get paid enough, if you feel like we don't do enough missions, if you feel like we don't bring in whatever, if you have any problems, you can ask questions. And and if we don't give you the answers that you like, which are going to be honest, then right out of the gate that we're not for you. So we try to be as upfront as we can from a financial standpoint, from any kind of transition standpoint, and then from accountability, 
we not only have an eldership that's uh, a group of guys that I meet with biweekly, but even personally, I have a group of pastors that I meet with, and then I have a mentor that I meet with, and then I have another friend that I can literally just, I tell everything to, like everything, good, bad, I'm pissed, whatever. And between all of those areas and my wife, your hope is that before any kind of action would take place, before any kind of negative thing that would destroy me, destroy my family, destroy the church, if I was ever to make that decision, before that would happen, that somebody would go, hey, wait a minute, you aren't the same. You're acting weird. Are you okay? And... And so there's things in place like social media accountability, phone accountability, website accountability. Like it sucks because from me, like sometimes my kid will be like, can I watch a video on YouTube? And I can't even like right now I don't, I can't pull up YouTube because of my phone restrictions. So there's stupid stuff like that that sometimes I get annoyed by, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to be just over the top because what I like did the you, worst. Did you just, wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have YouTube access on your phone? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Like so I, I, I put in like child. Yep. Yeah. So I put okay. I put child locks on my phone to where I can pretty oh, much. So these are for yourself. These are Drew these locks. These are for myself. Not, these are Drew okay. locks. Yep. Yep. So these are all things all right. that I've done just to make sure like I'm as covered as I can possibly be right. because my well, biggest fear is to end up being the people that I'm talking about. And we've had that conversation here because when Joe and I were talking about like where we were going to go after our last place closed, like one of the concerns was that he didn't want the perception of him sharing a space with a, a woman that he's not married to, to give any kind of impression. And we don't, unless we're recording something, if it's just the two of us, doors are always open. Yeah. Never mind. Now my husband is here. So he shares an office yeah. with me too. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand that. I don't understand that mindset, yeah. but I understand. Now I understand, obviously. Well, if you're time. a pastor, like it gets drilled into you. Like I spent time as a youth pastor. Like I could have had a kid accuse me of something improper and it didn't need to be true. Right. Mm -hmm. Correct. Right. My life livelihood is gone. And that happens well, that's to doctors. Yeah. Like all, all yeah. of the, yeah. anybody yeah. who has money yeah. and power. Yeah. 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 But I think to Drew's point, like, all these terrible things, let's go back to the guy in Illinois, like the first thing he did wrong wasn't molesting a 16-year-old. There were all these decisions that he made and right. compromises and, right. and smaller things that disagreed yep. with this guy's values until it got to the point where that's nobody's first mistake. No. Some Between, way they're meeting in some way. He was probably the parents grooming weren't her. Involved. Like, Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. And pedophilia is a total other... Yeah, it's a terrible thing. But yeah. even things like gaslighting or taking yes. advantage or yeah. like a pastor's first mistake is never like, crap, oops, I just accidentally embezzled $25,000 and bought a helicopter. Right, right, like right. It's, yes. that's not where it starts. It was like the it's pastor like, in Hillsong. Like, 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 like when you're saying like when you any human, dinner. they don't start right. with murder. Right, right. Like, right. Oh, robbery. There's a progression. And right. if you put that stuff in place, you should have a bunch of people right. along the way that can be like, hey, something's off. Well, and they showed it, the, the celebrity pastor that was in the, the Hillsong documentary that, um, I don't, I, don't, I literally Lentz. have blocked out as, yeah, I blocked yeah. out as much as I possibly can from that experience. I just got to be honest, <laughs> traumatizing, but they're like, you could see, like they outlined the, they showed where it happened. 
right? Like they showed how it happened. They showed where he came, he was up and where he was basically groomed into this world of becoming the celebrity pastor and then the $15,000 sweatshirt and the hanging out with Justin Bieber and the then how that led into the, the affair and all these things. You, so you can totally see how yeah. the progression happens and where there wasn't a check and balance. That's why you can't have all the yes people around you. Mm-hmm. You need to yeah. have people that challenge you that will say, no, you're fucking stupid. Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. And, or, oh, that's a really great idea, but that probably is a bad idea. But it's <laughs> funny that all those preventative things do, all the preventative things or the accountability that people choose to put in place before they need it is always viewed as weird. I've always noticed that always. for people. It's like, oh, that's weird. That's I've had a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, but when you look at like Carl Lentz, right? Like he's communicating with this model in Milan through Instagram. And no, like no one else has access to your Instagram account. Right. Like I right. get it. It's personal. It's your social media. It's like, no, it's not. Not anymore. But you're a public figure. Yeah. You're a public figure. I'm not a public figure. I guess we're semi well, quasi public figure. I don't even believe fig- in that when it comes but to like, relationships. Right. Like, I have access to all of Matt's stuff. He could access mine whenever he yeah. wanted yeah. because I don't like. I, I know. I, my assistant has all my login <laughs> stuff because I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. Can you go do it? Right. Yep. I, and that's the thing. I'm not doing anything wrong. So you're welcome right. to look at I'm whatever like, here, you're look doing. at my phone. Yeah. Right. What do you think? Yeah. Right. Yes. No. Okay. But I, no, I, and I get that. It just, that for me, that was like, I would not think of that. The same way sure. I didn't think of, oh, this could be. You didn't work at churches way. where you saw people screw up in this vein all the time. Yeah. Right. And so, like, this so I'll give you a great example. Down. Yeah. I'll give you a great example. So, one Sunday, this was many months ago. I was locking up the church and staff was there. Volunteers were there, like guys, girls, we were all there. And I just start locking doors and moving things around. And I come into the lobby. And as soon as I came into the lobby, I realized that the only other person left was like 40 something year old single woman. And I'm like, oh, oh hey. shit. All the doors now. We gotta go. <laughs> Let's go. You ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. You ready? It's like I'm just. I'm like I got my stuff. You got yours. Let's go. And we walk out the back door, and there's two people still left in the parking lot, talking. They had been gone for a little while, and I know they wouldn't think anything. And I'd have to be like really quick, anyways. But if that was supposed to be funny. But me, good. I'm glad you did. Sometimes it's weird pastors making jokes. Anyway, um, but we walked out and for a split second, I was like, oh man, this is just not a good optic. And well, so and it's, it's little this, things like yeah. that. That's just, you're just so hyper aware because you're right. It doesn't even have to be true. Like someone in the parking lot could be mm-hmm. like, is there a reason that they could message the lead pastor and be like, is there a reason that Drew's locking up and leaving with who's a female and they're both mm-hmm. you know, like and then it's speculation and then it's a conversation and then and that's why you leave doors open until the last possible second yes <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. mm-hmm. oh, i get it but oh, it's and i but i think it's a really i think it's a relevant conversation i think that we should have him back on and and continue this yes. again because yes. like there's so many to. more things because i, I want to talk about that experience for yeah. you guys because to me that is a hardship to carry his part yeah. of that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That level of responsibility and mm-hmm. like the weight of that. Yeah. Agreed. There's so Agreed. many other things that I want to talk about. So we're going to, we're going to do more pod swaps in the future. I, I can see it. it. I can see it happening. Yeah. So Drew, thank you very much for yeah, uh, your time today. You we appreciate yeah. you. 
And do you want us to ask our, to tell our listeners where they can find you? I don't know what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> you can find Drew on his YouTube channel. Listen, if you are married, that's hilarious. I would love for your listeners uh, to check out Hope After Hurt, which is my podcast. They'll hear a familiar voice on there on episode six. And uh, mm-hmm. would love for them to check that out. But I'm just so thankful that you guys had me on. Would love to come back on. Appreciate your time and uh, and the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate you. All you right. bet. This has been uh, a very enlightening and fun Girls Who Do Stuff episode. Uh, thanks again to Drew Barker. Uh, I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And, and you, you do, do you, boo. Connect with us at girlswhodostuff.com. Subscribe to our email list for fun announcements and leave us a review. It helps other people find our stuff. We would be so grateful to you for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And, and you, you do, do you, you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media.